Scotty, I call and I ring and I ring and I imagine it ringing on all your different devices. And I think that you think to yourself, what an embarrassment of riches. I, I can ignore my, my, my co-host, John, on any number of different devices. Which one should I choose first? No, actually, John, today it was more of a case of, oh, the phone's ringing. Oh, wait, I haven't charged it. It's just died. Um, I better open the laptop as fast as I can. Oh, <laughs> oh I suppose that's a better explanation. <laughs> it's it's ringing at me, but I need to get it open and put some headphones in it. Uh, maybe so maybe you should change your, your ringtone to my voice saying, charge your fucking battery. There we are. I could do that. Now, I'm just, I'm just trying to move back into my office because um, they put new windows in my office. And um, so I've been sharing another office for the last sort of a few days. And I just realized everything is all over the floor because I've off a bit of a um, reposition, so nothing was actually set up. And now I've put my desk somewhere, and it's uh, 5 o'clock in the evening, and the sun is shining straight through the window into my eyes and thinking, this may not be the best place to have put my desk. <laughs> By the way, I hope you've been recording all this, because this is comedy gold. <laughs> well, I don't know about comedy gold, but it's been recorded. It's, oh, that's it's, good. it's great filler, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A comedy gold or a great filler, there's the title right there. there. The trouble is now I have, I've got two windows, in office, and I can actually see out of them, and... Uh, uh, whatever. So now I'm just totally distracted by the world going by. Well, worse, the world that's going by has to look at you. But I put my uh, screens so that no one can see them through the window so that I can work on all my super secret shit without anybody coming and looking. You know, if someone happens to be going to the local library, which is next door to my office, they can't sort of go and buy a book on Swift programming. Uh, it's from the library, so probably on Swift 2 or Swift 1, and uh, mm. take a quick look through the window and steal all my fantastic ideas because we know that ideas are the only thing that matters because implementation doesn't really count. Ah. Ha, that's the new thing, Objective-C, where type safety is optional. <laughs> yes. I have to say there are moments when I when I think uh, uh, I thank Swift for its um, its type safety, and there are other moments thinking... This is Objective C. I'd never even noticed this, and it could just—I could just have ignored it, cast everything to to ID, and be done with it. Exactly. <laughs> the sad thing is the amount of contract projects I've worked on where people were doing that, and they were casting one thing into ID, sending it across a an NS notification, and uh, you know, unwrapping it at the other end is something totally and utterly different, and for some reason not crashing, but you know, wondering why they had these weird bugs. So. Um, it may have got away with it for a moment, John, but you would have paid for it later, is what I say. That's true. But by then, you're hopefully on the Bahamas, <laughs> getting attacked by a hurricane. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. The fact last, that, time, last time we joked about hurricanes, we upset people, John, quite rightly. So I think I don't think we should laugh about hurricanes. Okay, we won't. Sorry. Not, okay. well, not while it's going on, because people right. are being hurt. So there we are. I think I, I, think I have to bring a little bit of, um, uh, of um, uh, broadcast watchdogging on you there. Okay. There's an adult in the room. Well, Scotty, <laughs> where's that? <thing? laughs> I should see one of those come in. <laughs> Are they cleared to be with children? <laughs> Probably not. That's what the problem is. <laughs> the only adults that were allowed to supervise shouldn't have been anywhere in the same zip code. <laughs> uh, just for people in Britain, that's a postcode. Or in Europe, I have no idea what they're called, but find your own regional definition. All right, fine. Well, Scotty, what have you been doing other than having the sunshine in your eye, or do I have to once again carry the show? Well, John, I always like to uh, elevate <laughs> you to the, the highest possible place by letting you um, carry the show and me, and everyone knows that uh, I would still be in the gutter where I belong if it wasn't for you. Oh, um, my, how the tables have turned, <laughs> where, where Trabant would roll by and, and dump an apple core on you. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, so what have I been doing this week? Okay, well, um, yeah, I, I've spent the last two days debugging a multi-threaded, multi-queue semaphore locking bug. Uh, and it's one of those one of those bugs that yeah like uh, like many things with um because uh, it involved locking and multiple threads and different different dispatch queues. Uh, actually, tracing it down took two days, and then the fix was about thirty seconds once I found it. What <laughs> just so took the frustration yeah. of uh, realizing that you were doing something and uh, you had semaphores that were both on the same thread waiting, both waiting because something on another thread had never released that semaphore. So. Uh, uh, and it turned out actually that bit of code probably didn't even need a semaphore, so um, it could have been done a better way. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the way debugging works, and so it's like immensely frustrating when you're doing it. It really feels like during the uh, you know the day and a half or so that you're working on it that you're, you're not making any progress. And, de- and debugging um, you know multi-threaded stuff is just so hard because the the moment. You have gone. Wow, that does sound that that is the nature of debugging. Hours, hours, hours. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I see this the first time, Scotty? Have I lost you? So, folks, if you're wondering what's happening right now, John has fallen off the call because actually, because I had something to say just for a change, um, he didn't want to hear it and he went away because he was um, intimidated by my technical prowess. I feel. And uh, now he's obviously crying about uh, his inferiority to me uh, and not answering the call. Oh, he's decided he wants to ring me. Scotty, you just hung up on me. Why is that? I think it was you hung up on me and I was just explaining to the listeners while you were gone how um, just because I had something to say and I was showing you my technical prowess that you, I think, felt intimidated (laughs) and felt the need to run. That's exactly how it happened. (laughs) So you probably didn't hear what I've said, but the listeners will have done. So we don't really care about you. We only care about our listeners. So um, uh, anyway, I was saying how hard it is dealing with multi-threaded debugging because the moment you create a breakpoint or something, um, it's, uh, you know, you change the flow of events and therefore don't always see the bug anymore. Um, Often with multi-threaded debugging um, and asynchronicity, the bug is, or what looks like the bug is appearing in a place that isn't the bug because the the cause is somewhere totally different to the um, uh, the uh, consequence, uh, and and so really it it is a mess, and you just have to be patient and track it down, and uh, you know it's a good old going back to print statements. I was about to say that's that's the only way to to do it, isn't it? It is. I have wrote the word print and uh, a lot of times over the last few days. Um, so anyway, that uh, that that bug is now gone in for code review. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the um, the client will uh, sing my glory and my praises, uh, as opposed to say, "Why did you do it this way in the first place, you bloody idiot?" <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> ah, so wait, hold on a second. So, this is this is contract work, not the good old Objective C of Moneywell, or is this a, a no, no, Swift this, part this, of... this 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 was client work. Ah. Um, in stuff there. Moneywell, uh, yeah, Moneywell I've been working on syncing again, and uh, I've been doing some of the iOS stuff this week as well, and I actually realized it's been it's been a little while since I've done uh, iOS UI, because I've been doing Mac work mainly for the last few years is my main stuff, because um, as I've wondered, I, I really enjoy doing the Mac work and in some ways prefer it. And when we were doing iOS work, or when I was doing iOS work recently, um, it was more on the, any UI stuff was in React Native, which I'm sure anyone who's listened to this show for more than seven minutes understands my feelings on. Um, 
So actually coming back this week and doing some uh, 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 iOS, particularly iPad uh, UI, um, I had to, um, let's say, look at quite a lot of documentation because uh, you know, it's, it appears that around the iOS 9 time, um, quite a lot of things changed that I maybe didn't pick up on because I wasn't doing that work at the time. Um, that feels like a long time ago, I know now. Uh, so there we are. So I've learned a lot this week. And uh, so it's uh, been iOS UI for, for the new boy, um, syncing stuff in the back end and core data, which I'm fairly familiar with now, and uh, debugging um, multi-threaded stuff. So that has been my joy and my pleasure and uh, my dream job. So what have you been up to? Well, Scotty, speaking of iOS, do you know that iOS 13 is, in theory, going to start shipping real soon now or sometime soonish now? Well, we, we have to take a guess, don't we? There's we don't. An, there's an iPhone, iPhone event next week. Uh, they normally announce phones. They're normally available within two to four weeks after that. So we should guess that iOS 13 may be on a two to four week schedule, I'd say, on that basis. Good thing I fixed some more iOS 13 bugs in, in, in our app. I you know I don't know that whether you have ever heard me complain. No, you well you've heard me complain, but I don't know whether <laughs> I heard you complain lots of times. Yes. If I've complained bitterly about MP volume view, um, because you know the, it, for, for for almost every major uh, app, hold hold it hold it, John, hold it, John. Every time you mention MP volume view, I think I think what we should probably do is just drink this thing that yeah. that Sam if Sam yeah everyone listening drink uh, Sam if you hear the words MP volume view, I want the violin music in the background. <laughs> No, no, you should want, like, you know, a sad trombone, MP volume, Drew. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> anyway, moving on with MP volume. Well, so the MP okay. volume view, so that, that was the thing that was on there. So Because at first I, I remember scanning, you know, uh, notes and seeing, and I thought, oh, MP volume view is being deprecated. It's not. There are certain methods on MP volume view which are being deprecated relating to listening to, uh, you know, audio route changes. But MP volume view is, is for those who, who don't care, um, <laughs> is, the, is the, 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 you know, the mechanism that allows you to have a... a it enables custom volume controls because up until iOS 13, Apple's system volume toast is just fugly. It covers the it covers the center of the screen. It's just like a big middle finger to, to content. It, it never made any sense to me. And as a result, every video player that I know of, you know, long since had to, to basically craft their own. The only mechanism to do it since system volume control, you don't get access to, you only kind of get indirect access to, to the fact that the hardware button has changed and the way you ended up having to do it is you you take an MP volume view, which is allow which is Apple's kind of all-in-one volume control and AirPlay you know audio route selector, and you can put it in a view and you can you can opt out of the 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 audio picker, but the volume control itself is is just a UI slider and and you could you could potentially style it a little bit, but that's about it. So what you know bunches of companies ourselves included do, which is basically take an MP volume view hide it and and how you hide it it also makes a difference because you can't just have it at, uh zero alpha you have to have zero size as we come but anyway these are these are details so you you would put it aside you would go traipsing through the the mp volume views 
view hierarchy, checking for the, uh, an instance of a UI slider class, get a reference for that, and then attach an, an event handler to it so that when, when a value is changed there, then you could do something else. You could then have that trigger changes to your, your own custom UIs, the, the effect being that when, you, when the user presses the hardware volume controls, you could show what the volume was in some less obtrusive place, which design convention puts it as a kind of a thin, uh, prog- what looks like a progress bar, usually on, in the top centers, um, but, you know. And so we did that, and that was all great, grand, and glorious. And then iOS 13 comes along, and they, and they produce – so they make it so that the system volume view is much less obtrusive. I, I do give them credit for that, you know, if the, but except for it, – it, it's like it's so good, but then it falls down in just enough ways that you say, yeah, we probably can't use it. But there were some subtle changes to the behavior. So the, the nice thing about it is that for, for most people's cases, it, it is nice in that it, it, is, it gives you a kind of a, a fat control, which you can actually – control with your fingers. I didn't know that until I actually tried and even has some labels about it, which is nice. But then when you're not touching it, then it kind of animates down to a thin line. And so it's much less obtrusive. It makes a, it strikes a very good balance between, you know, the ability for people to manipulate it and, and it getting out of the way when you want it to. Um, but it only really seems to do that in, in, in landscape. When the phone is portrait, it, it puts it off to the side, which can be a little bit annoying, but We'll put that aside. Um, but the other problem is that, it, it, from what I could tell, um, we were well. We, we were running into problems where, where for video, typically what happens is if the volume control goes to zero, then you show subtitles, and if it's above, you you hide subtitles. Um, and so we were running into problems where we could never get to to zero, and so the subtitles either wouldn't show or the subtitles would not disappear depending on what the initial volume state was when when we present in certain types of video canvases. And so I went through and I went through and I'm trying to figure out what was going on. And in the end, you know, what we were doing is we were setting an initial value or setting the value of our slider based on the the AV audio audio uh, route, I believe is, is, the, is the, the class name, um, which basically lets you find out what the system volume is. But the subtle change what appears between iOS 12 and iOS 13 is that if you attach to the UI slider that's part of MP volume view, if you get it directly from the, the UI slider, which is how I initially wrote it, then it works. Someone came along and said, well, let's just get it from the system volume. But in between when the UI slider you know, when you attach to it and it tells that there's a, a value change and when the system actually does it, 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 it switched so that it seems to happen after the current run loop so that we would never get the, the, the last bits of changes. So it would always be off by one level. So you could, you, you could turn down the volume, but it would never get to zero or you could turn up the volume from zero and never get all, all the way to, the, it would never register that we'd gotten to the top level. So I ended up putting it back um, to the way I'd originally written it and chastising somebody, and then all of a sudden it started working again, uh, which made me happy. But by the same token, um, there's another related thing which has to do with uh, localization. I love I I love the folks who who do Apple's localization. I, I met them a couple. Well, there are lots of them, but I, I met a few of them at WWDC a couple of years ago, and they were very sweet and and very very you know very kind of uh, what's the word receptive to 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 what what our requests were about being able to change the, the, the locale of our app, the language and the locale of our app without having to restart it, for example. And, and I explained why we needed it and why it needed to be different from the device locale. And in particular, it, it affected people when you're switching from left to right to right to left. And so, um, 
And so Apple, with you know, one of the things I was excited about when I saw this dub dub in the session saying, "What's new in localization?" They announced with great fanfare. Now you can have localization that's different from the device, and it, that is indeed true. Every app now has, uh, in its own preferences, the ability to set your preferred language for it, which is per app, and so that's great. So then I, I was thinking, "Oh, that's wonderful. That means we can probably just set the locale at almost any time during our app execution, and we can have control of it." And the answer is, "No, you can't do that." If you look down to the notes saying that if you want to switch language, what Apple suggests is that you basically open up preferences to the so, and they, they provide a little hook for doing it so that let's say if you want to switch language while the app is running, what what the preferred, what Apple suggests you have to do is you basically invoke something that will open your app's preferences to that particular section, allow the user to change it, and then when they relaunch your app, you can there's identifiers that you can kind of leave so that when your application starts again, you can have a clue that the reason why it's restarting was because of a, a locale and language change, which kind of doesn't solve the problem because we have user profiles and you switch user profiles. And in fact, it's, it's actually quite common for there to be multiple user profiles with different languages because, and, and, and for the very reason that they explained in, in their, in their dub dub present presentation, they say you may have somebody in Hong Kong that wants to read their news, their business news in English, but they want to operate, you know, their their some other news application or some other thing in in, in Chinese, for example. Or another good example for us is is you know uh, there are lots of users who may you know have one profile that's in Arabic, but ones for their kids, maybe they want them in English or something. So it's it's very very normal to switch between languages, and then when you come down to switching with 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 locales, um, and so this is all connected with MP Volume View as well. And that I want uh, you know there there's been an outstanding issue that we've had where uh, our volume control this is where it becomes a little bit tricky you know when when you decide what to reverse direction what to make right to left the exception has usually been you know normally you just reverse everything right so you know that that's why they introduced the concept of leading and trailing versus left and right but for for video playback the convention was and there's actually even a semantic content attribute called playback, which is for video and audio playback, where you don't reverse the, the position of things so that the, you know, rewind is always be on the, the left or leading side and, and, and you know, the, the uh, uh, fast forward on the right and play button in the center. And, and so we said, well, we'll follow that convention. We'll leave the volume controls going from left to right with the, the thumbnail, you know, the, the thumb holder, you know, pointing to, 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 to the right. But then there was a bug that came along, uh, an uh, obscurish bug uh, for uh, MDX, which is the multi-device experience, the way that allows you to do things like control Chromecast or other like devices and cast to them from the, the iOS app. And somebody was saying, hey, you know, you have this really strange mismatch where the 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 drawing of the of the volume control is is right to left, but the action is left to right. So you move the thumb and it puts the, the thumb control kind of uh, 100 degrees opposite of where you expect it to be. And so that was very sad. So then I said, OK, well, now let's let's you know do the right thing and, and make it consistently right to left when we need to. And let's see if, if Apple does that with theirs. And in fact, they do. You know, MP Volume View will will switch the will switch to go right to left if the device locale is right to left. But then you run into that problem where it, you can't make your app switch to, to, to go right to left. And then you don't even have access to that custom control. So it's another case of, you know, uh, for MP Volume View and for their localization mechanism in iOS 13, what seemed like it was going to be awesome, 
in the end didn't work. Now, admittedly, maybe we have super rarefied needs for it, but I think that this is this is an ongoing issue with Apple that in general, you know, in the 98, 99% case, it's all great, grand, and glorious to do it exactly, you know, with the smooth path that they give you. But if you want to do something specialized, you end up having to fight um, quite a bit. So that's, that's my rant um, about iOS 13. Happily, though, it seems like we're okay now. This is always a problem, isn't it? Do you, now, I mean, you know, do you make sure it's easy for the 99% at the expense of the one, or how much effort do you put in for the 1%? We have the same issue in our own apps, don't we? Mm-hmm. 1% of people want to do it something differently. How, how much do you care? And, and the reality is when it comes to our own apps, most of us in, in for developers would say, well, I'm very sorry. As much as I'd love to support the 1%, just don't have the resources all the time mm-hmm. or the you know the, the brain space, to be honest. Yep. Um, and even though Apple is a massive company, I suspect that ethos probably carries on through because... Yeah, it's it's a lot of things to track, isn't it? So it is, and it, and it makes, it, and I, I think that they're they're absolutely doing the right thing, and I think the the, you know the the what's the word the good citizen thing to do as app developers is to give constant feedback. So because I, I had I had you know filed radars for these issues, um, and I will now kind of give updates for them where I say thank you, thank you so much for for making this happen. Here's why the the current solution doesn't work and why we're going to continue to do the things the way that we are. Um, hopefully that provides useful feedback and maybe maybe you can think of it alternate ways because I still think that, you know, in the modern world we have, I mean, look at, look at what Apple did with their announcements. They said, you know, we have 30 more additional keyboards. It's amazing. It's great. They support all these different languages. And it was kind of funny in, in the session it says, you know, there was somewhat tepid applause, but you could hear there was some very kind of enthusiastic applause in the back and, and what the, the speaker says, like, yeah, if that's your language, you're really, you know, it's it's validating. So, you know, supporting lots of different languages and supporting the, the fact that there are multilingual users out there and multilingual shared devices. Um, I think they, 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 there's, there's still some refinement that can be done. However, with all that said, we do accept that their general um, uh, multi-language, multi-locale uh, and accessibility stuff is way beyond anything any, anybody else does. And so we are, we are uh, moaning on the edges, not, not moaning generally. Uh, I will qualify that with one statement for accessibility. Absolutely. It's definitely light years ahead. Um, but with multilingual... Yes and no. It, it, the language support and and the things that are are built in absolutely, but it still comes down to in Android. It's kind of you can do whatever you want. It, every application is their own island, <laughs> which is which is kind of it, it can be cool and useful in that way. But that reminds me to another thing. So voice control. I was so excited when I saw it, and I couldn't believe how well it worked. Um, and then I said, you know, okay, let's see what we can do to adapt our app and, and make it work as, as best as possible in there. And, uh, you know, maybe I am blind and stupid and, and useless, um, but I could not find anywhere uh, any documentation about how to help make your app work better with voice control. I, I, I am almost like this is almost a cry for help in the universe because I cannot believe that I'm, I could be missing it um, this much, but no documentation anywhere I could find. And so, 
you know, every app. Was there a dub dub? Was there a dub dub session on it that referenced any documentation? Uh, I didn't see any, and it was just a general like, hey, here's what it is. But it, it, maybe I maybe I'm just missing something fundamental. But for instance, you know, the 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 way that voice control works is that you it, it, there are certain keywords you can do. So if you can launch your app, and this this is kind of weird. It's like it, it, the app. Sorry, the the service gets trained, but the first thing you do is you say, you know open an app, right? O- open Netflix. And it didn't work. And it didn't work. And, I, and then I realized that, that one of the reasons why it didn't work, and this is a little bit tricky, but, you know, it's very common to have, uh, you, you can really only have one official version of the app installed. So if you in- download and install something from the app store, you can have that. But then if you build debug builds, which developers we currently do, you actually have two versions of the app on your device, and only one has a set of official identifiers, which do things like react to, to custom links, or you know, opening, and so it didn't work, and I was like scratching my head, what did I do wrong? I realized that that that's that was an issue, but the the second problem is that it it seems to if you've ever used it, it 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 captures what the speech you're doing, and even shows it in a little kind of toast at the top of the screen, and so it it kind of uh, shows that it understood you, but it didn't necessarily mean that it's followed your command, but then it seems to work the second and third time, but then you start to use the app and then you can do things like scroll up, scroll down, scroll left. It, all that works flawlessly. And then you can say show grid, in which case it will put a grid on top of every item. Or, and, and that's where I was expecting to, to, to see some type of developer hooks because you can think about, you know, an app like Netflix, which will have a grid of thumbnails. Now, the user, the, the the idea for this stuff, voice control is for people who have vision but may, maybe don't have physical touch for whatever reason, so they can just use their voice. And so when you have a grid, the way that they divide the grid is is they have to guess. They make excellent guesses. In most cases, it just seems to work really well. In some cases, it, it looks very strange, and they'll end up having subdivided grids. So like grids within a grid makes it very difficult. And I assume that what it means is that they're looking at the view and they're saying which ones are accessibility elements and then we'll figure out how to place a number you know uh in one of those areas and then they have to it's almost like an auto layout problem because they have to figure out how to to place the grid markers in such a way that it doesn't completely obscure what's being controlled but it's 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 still kind of legible for for what its purpose is and so i thought that maybe it would be possible like if you have a button like there's a central button on uh on what we call the billboard it's it's on the usually on the top of the screen and, you know, when you first load the app, it's kind of the prime real, real estate towards the top, and there's a big play button usually. So I figured, oh, well, you should be able to say play. And and you should then, you know, therefore have some way of, of I don't know, I'm guessing, but, you know, saying what would be the preferred element in a given view that you would want voice control to, 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 to you know, to be able to operate with by reading out the name of, of the button. But but no, it seems. And again, maybe I'll come back and say, oh, I'm just an idiot. I didn't see this treasure trove of documentation or this particular session, but I have not seen it yet. So it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of control that the developer has to assisting voice control. Just voice control kind of knows all and tells all, and, and except for it, it doesn't. Well, if that's the case, then you really you have to almost make sure you comply with every sort of human interface guideline and, and everything else about that Apple want in order to your chance of it working well to, to work. And if you go outside of the box, 
And you're probably screwed. Maybe. And, and that's the thing. But I, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I found some best practices document or something somewhere. Again, you know, this, this, is, this is a somewhat luxurious problem because it definitely works. And you can make it work. And uh, it's revelatory, you know, how well it works. It's, it's, it's funny because a lot of people looked at saying, wow, this is another great thing. You know, Apple really cares about making their apps work for everybody. How wonderful is that? But I've almost had an equal number of people say, ah. Oh, this is great. I'm so lazy. I can't be bothered to. And you kind of think that's really dumb, but it's it's not entirely because it's not. I I, I think what not everybody realizes there are plenty of people who will you know for, first of all for whom their their iDevice device of whatever kind, whether it's a phone or an iPad, is their one computing device. It's their everything, and so as a result, whereas most people, let's say in, in North America and Europe, are are used to having big screen TVs, a lot of people in a lot of places don't for lots of different reasons and it's not it's not it's and and it's not really just a it's not a money thing or anything like that it's a space thing right so one of the things that 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 you learn when you're you're talking about designing your software for mobile users around the world is that it's it's a privacy thing maybe that if you have your device and you want to go somewhere and have a you know an experience that's just for you maybe that means that it's during your commute time or maybe it's late at night in a tiny little bedroom or something in which case you might have your your device propped up against a pillow while you're watching and I don't have a TV, so uh, you know, I, I uh, my iPad is my TV, and so there are times when it's propped against a pillow, and it, and and you want it distance-wise, just far enough away so that it's not right in front of your eyes. In which case, you're so comfy, and maybe you'd say. God, I, I really would like to control it with my voice, not because I, I need to, but just I'm lazy and I want to. So um, that's a, that is a, an interesting thing about the accessibility framework. So I think voice control is going to be one that I'm I'm willing to bet a lot of people who will will start using it, and not because they need they have needs, but just desires. So. I, I think the iPad has replaced a lot of bedroom TVs. Yeah, uh, people will use their iPad thing because then they can. Either watch TV on it, obviously, or do some browsing, or Facebook, or whatever they want to do. So, yeah, I think so. What you're saying there is probably actually a very common thing and not unusual in any way at all. Mm. So, when you've been fixing all this uh, iOS 13 stuff, I'm assuming you've been using Xcode 11. Yes. Um, so, which made some changes around the way editors and assistant editors worked. Um, obviously, I've been working on Xcode 11 pretty much exclusively since. Probably since beta, uh, definitely since beta two, maybe even from the very beginning. I think maybe the first one on a couple of issues meant I couldn't do it for some things, but but on the whole, and I can't remember the last time. Now I booted into Mojave. I've been in uh, Catalina betas for for what feels like forever um, now, um, having various degrees of success on certain things. But um, overall, I I pretty much like Xcode uh, 11's new way of doing things. But I have to say. Just sometimes the the assistant editor confuses me and it absolutely refuses to allow me to select what I want to be in the assistant editor, <laughs> um, uh, which I'm hoping is just uh, you know it's it's a beta. I'm hoping that's just because it's beta software. Um, you know, there, there's some problems there as opposed to this is the way it's going to work because you know you'd occasionally get the same problem in Xcode 10 where you go you've you've got a storyboard open for example and you open the assistant and you're supposed to be getting the view controller but actually what you really want is the window controller or vice versa and it normally appears uh in in, in a, one of the drop down menus that you can go and select it and, and use it uh, and then it all sort of it's fine you do around but 
sometimes getting the assistant editor to show you what you want to see or even allow you to pick um, what it is you want to see in, in Xcode 11 seems to be a bit bit flaky at the moment, but I'm hoping that will be fixed. But other than that, um, it's been pretty darn good, even from the very early betas. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure most of the work in um, Xcode 11 is going into Swift UI and to Catalyst and you know um, all that new stuff, um, which at the moment I am not using. So I suspect people who are fighting Swift UI and all the rest of it are saying, no, Xcode 11 has been awful in this release and was better in this release and was you know terrible again in this release. But if you're just using it for your old UI kit stroke app kit development, it seems to have been... Not not bad at all. Um, have you found that exactly? You know, I, I myself have only kind of just played around with UI uh, Swift UI, so I think you're exactly right. I mostly just notice new things, which I find nice. So, yeah, I think I've reported on here. We spent a number of weeks playing with Catalyst and a number of weeks playing with Swift UI, and then decided just going to go the, the old fashioned way for now. I know that seems silly when we're developing something that's almost from scratch, but it's just not quite ready. Mm. It's just not. Uh, just not quite ready yet. So, um, uh, and, and now we're getting this close to what's probably the potential, you know, GM coming on, you know, and, and where we're at. I, I think that's, I'm now thinking that's probably a, a, a reasonable call. Um, unless, of course, something gets, you know, massively thrown into the last beta or last GM that wasn't there before that makes everything far more awesome. Um, so I think, you know, uh, I think SwiftUI is exciting. I think Catalyst is exciting. But I think, you know, their time is. 2020 not 2019 yeah i would say well speaking of 2020 that that refers to clear vision which i have not had now since i've been wearing glasses for a number of years but i still think that that a clear-eyed take on the situation would be that it's time for us to bring this episode to a a a soft landing because i think that we've had a pretty decent uh, amount of of useful information and insight which is very unusual so we should we should quit before we're (laughs) before we fall into our pattern of of stretching things out and saying nonsensical things which are of interest to precisely no one i think when you listen back there was still quite a lot of nonsensical things in there but we we just masked it quite well (laughs) <laughs> but there we are. So, John, if people want to congratulate you on on your on your how focused you were this week with your uh, your, your technical prowess, uh, where should where should they do that? Well, they should they should find me on Twitter, uh, where I'm Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum, and that's where they can find my shipping address, so they can send me boxes of Adderall. Now, I shouldn't make jokes like that. <laughs> and Scotty, <laughs> Scotty. <laughs> If people want to find more of your your good behavior and, and, and adult like control over over situations, where might they find you? Certainly not on Twitter. No, don't do anything like that on Twitter. Now I am on Twitter as MacDevNet and Micro.blog as Scotty, um, and where you can get hold of me. Or of course, people can get hold of both of us by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, it's been a pleasure. We missed last week. I can't remember why. Oh, you were moving back into your apartment. Yes. Um, that's right. And you had no idea where your recorder was. We will talk about that next week, how your new yep. apartment is going and um, your new recording studio. It definitely sounds like you're not in a lavatory this week, which is great. I'm in the... Um, yeah. So we will, uh, we, will, we will see your new, um, your new abode. Um, and we will talk about your new abode and your recording um, setup next week. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, you take care.